Between Cuts with Stephen and Pierce. Okay, so welcome to episode 19. We're almost up to the 20s. Stephen, two episodes more and we don't, apparently, according to statistics, we, can, we just stop. We can quit then, can we? We can quit at episode 21. <laughs> so we're at episode 19 of Between Cuts here Good in Lusk uh, at the barbershop. Yeah. Tattoos are being done in the background it's with Orla and Andrew yeah. and Aaron. Uh, Who we don't talk to. We don't talk to Aaron, no, no. <laughs> And um, this evening we have now, David. I keep I'm brutal like this, so we I pronounce Louisa Royley, Louise Royley. I'm yeah. really bad, so yeah. it's not. It's David Gillen, is it? Gilna. Gilna. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So we've got David Gilna. You're a playwright, producer, director, actor, chancer. Chancer. This is what we're all. That's about. what we like. You <laughs> see, yeah, this yeah. is what we're we all want to chancer. Yeah. So welcome to the show, man. Ah, uh, look, it's great it's to be good here, to meet guys. You, yeah. So um, I I've looked up obviously we do our when we when we're speaking about who we'd like on the show you do your own little bit of social creeping yeah i have to just get straight to it right you are going to be in a big movie and you got hit by a bolt of lightning yeah <laughs> what the uh, fuck happened i think um look uh, near death experience are always going to be the most talk so no matter what i do i have no problem talking about it. it's always going to be lightning because people are fascinated by the afterlife of so course. like the wild irish geese uh, young fella 18 j1 visa we could have gone to anywhere in the world. We picked Boston, which is like moving from swords to swords. Yeah, yeah, Boston. yeah, a bigger swords. Yeah, yeah. got a job on the building site. Um, but I was acting at the time. I did a few commercials, did a few plays, did a few shows. I was mentored by a guy called Eamon Farrell and Jill Doyle. So it had like a stage school and rings end, but his brother was Colin Farrell. So we kind of got into this world that if Colin, a fella that we knew, we saw around in these rehearsing studios in Barrow Street, if he could make it, it kind of gave us the confidence that anyone yeah, could make it. So sure. that was our, all our kind of thinking. Went over there. I had a few auditions in London before I went to Boston. I was working on L Street Diner in South Boston. And my agent left a voicemail on my answering message in the house to say that I had uh, I got this part, that they were going to fly me out to LA uh, a week later for a costume fitting. Life has changed. Big studio deal. Couldn't believe it. Went to the local diner. Got a BLT. Uh, one of those, you know those Cokes in the glass bottles? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was July 2nd, so the gaffer was going to have a big July 4 party. Yeah. So Life was good. Life was good. Going to finish early for the weekend. Party in America the first time with the Red Cups, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The American dream. And then literally my world changed in a heartbeat. My life just froze in front of me. And lightning always knows where it's going to strike. So there was a ladder on the balcony and we we're on the third floor. And there was kids playing in the pool next door. So I was more conscious of the kids playing, yeah. like that innocent sound of laughter in the summer on the green yeah. playing football. Mm. Like it was that kind of feeling in the air. And as I went to grab the ladder with my right hand, the lightning hit me, sent me back eight feet back into the air. Um, and I woke up and I heard the kids crying and screaming. And I was like, this is visceral image of um, the smell of your own burning flesh. Mm. So I didn't really know what had happened. I was quite scared, quite frazzled. The lads four doors up came running down. They had panicked. One of the lads went to the off-license and got me some stew. Another <laughs> fella rolled a joint. Um, people just panicked in situations. Of course. They the, did the right thing. Yeah, the landlord, in fairness, not the landlord, the gaffer, he lost his brother a couple of months ago on the building site. So yeah. he picked me up, brought me straight into a taxi. We went straight to the hospital. And that's when I realised, okay, something's not right here. Yeah. And then I started to realized that I was going to leave this place because I knew I was kind of like, I was dying in a sense. And then my heart flatlined. And then kind of technically died for over a minute, pronounced me dead. And then I came back alive again. But I'll never forget taking my first breath 
that's something that stays with me for life. Yeah. Because I'd gone wherever you believe that is. Yeah. Everyone has their own beliefs. Mm. But like once you dance in the shadows, you know what a darkness is. It stays with you. It's like being in a morgue. For sure. So yeah, that was the kind of mad experience. Changed my life. Very grateful for it, but also took me to some dark places that, you know, it's taken me a long time to take ownership of yeah. my past. What a so, fucking story. That's Jesus. fucking mental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that led on to, like, obviously we jump forward. Oh, then, you can jump forward. Shit, yeah, yeah, you that, want, yeah. Like, with, with this podcast, we, we just kind of go all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, look, yeah, I'm like, an open so, book. So that's because like, I was yeah. laughing there when Pierce was like, when we talk about who we'd like, like, as if we sit down and have, like, a planning meeting on a Tuesday morning. You made it sound like a big... We love that we get in, but there's, like, no fucking plans. No, no, you make it sound like we sit down, we've got, like, a team of writers and, like, you know, the executive producer. Somebody said that to me. It was actually, Eric said that to me a while ago. He was like, you've no bullet points or anything, like, like bullet, my bullet points are like Tourette's it just fucking wherever I bounce to but so. I, I tell you what I like is we just met each other for the first time so mm. it's that real it's realness here. yeah for yeah. sure and I'd say if anyone who's never seen this place it's a pretty funky setup. it's like, a good spot yeah. 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 there's a real energy and vibe to it I'm all about vibe tribe and energy since I got struck by yeah, yeah man yeah. and this place is you know it's a great it, setup. it's like. nice we've, um, we've acquired most of the stuff um, on a five finger discount yeah um, and it's, it sits the, quite well where it especially is especially the bricks yeah the bricks oh yeah no, don't talk don't about mention that yeah. we're we'll talking about the red yeah, bricks yeah. up the parish yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you I, take the boy out can of can I jump in with a question yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to jump way back before all of this yeah. stuff here right so um, you're from Swords yeah uh, were you always from Swords yeah, yeah born and bred yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, my, my parents were from Swords originally so Swords is kind of part of the, yeah, part of the family you know so uh, it was a running joke when yeah. I in my right now I was talking about the parish because I left home very young yeah. went to travel thought I'd never come back and then I came back to my community Yeah, kind of got really inspired by my culture my heritage yeah. where I grew up that kind of has kind of had a massive impact on my career yeah. in the last six seven years so when I say up the parish I'm proud of it, but it's a joke with the lads. Yeah, for me? sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Which, yeah, born and bred. Were you up, up Swords, Swords Manor end, or were you down? So I was originally, uh, it was two sides actually, believe. The wars! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I grew up on the other track on Ellenwood, Crown. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went over then to the Highfields. So it was just like down the Jacko spit where I grew up. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? So it was like yeah. a, a lizard going, hanging around all yeah, yeah. Um, so, as a young fella from Swords, how did you find your way to acting? If that's not a hard question for you, like, yeah, it's it's kind of a, I don't want to say a strange one, but it's not what most young fellas from Swords no. would do, right? No one in my family was an artist. My my fa- my parents love music and yeah, they love yeah. films. So my dad used to always love going to the cinema. Yeah, and my dad had an amazing vinyl collection. All the way up to Santry, was it? Yeah, he used to be a DJ and he had a club in the day back in the day with his brother in the sixties. So music was always a thing in my family, mm, music yeah. and dancing, but yeah. nobody was an actor. Was an actor. Was, yeah, creative. So there was a thing called, would you believe, the Brackenstown Talent Competition. Oh, yeah. In St. Cronin's, in Brackenstown, I went. And I was a bit of a, a joke or a messer in school. And one of these teachers just said, if you could take that energy and put it into something. There's something here. So we did a, a, a piss take on the river dance. Very good. And I got the short straw and I got dressed up as Gene Butler. <laughs> uh, but we won it. Yeah. And then this judge from RTE came up to us and said, look, you know, people do this as a living. Yeah. And I was like, what? People can do this. And I didn't really think at another. And then there was a place in town called The Factory. Yep. A friend of mine called Alan Kelly is actually from Balruddy, lives in New York at the moment. He asked me and Stephen Russell, will we go into this place oh, that Stephen, did drama, yeah, yeah. singing and dancing? And we played football. I did taekwondo and boxing yeah. my whole life. Yeah, yeah. And the idea of dancing and singing and musical theatre was never in my remit yeah. at the age of 13. But when I went in with my football jersey acting like Johnny Big Balls, I fell in love. Yeah. There was something 
there's something magical in the arts about a rehearsal room. About it. You mean you have this conversation about a door yeah. when people see a door. When you open through that door yeah. and you can, these teachers instill in you that you can do whatever you want to do once you work at it. Yeah. I fell in love right then as a 13-year-old lad in Rings End on Barrow Street. That transformed my life. These teachers from musical theatre to singing to drama to dancing. It was, yeah, this is from that moment downwards, my yeah. first class, yeah. I knew this is what I wanted to it's do. It's something you'd said, actually, as well. Me. That, that feeling of going I into... I say so much. I yeah, I know, but sorry. Your, your experience of going into acting for the Escapism. first time. Escapism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got something out of it as well, like like um, like David's talking about, that feeling when you go in for your yeah. first one and you for, come away kind of going, holy shit. It was a form of therapy for me. Yeah. It really, really was. It was, um, and like we've said before, the whole idea around the podcast was... Um, Really, you know, not exclusively to men's health around yeah. mental wellness or well-being to everybody, but obviously as men, you know, the barber, we had just said a few minutes ago, you know, the barber chair is almost that place where you feel, and the tattoo chair as well, yeah. where all inhibitions are gone, everything is just relaxed and you open up and you talk about things that you probably wouldn't be prepared to do otherwise. And I found that with acting that once those, the weight, of society sort of just falls off the back of your shoulders. Yeah. You just flow like, and it was lovely. And that's when the, Kathleen seems to have linked everybody. Kathleen is just there. So yeah. how I know Kathleen was your first acting coach. Yeah. How I know Kathleen was when I was quite lost as an artist at the time, her husband was a guy called Ray Yates, who was a director in Ballymun in the Axis. Oh yeah. And I just came back from America and everything that happened to me was completely lost. And I was really good at set design woodwork. And my set design teacher said, I can get you a job if you're not right up there in Ballymun in the theatre. And Kathleen's husband, Ray, was the director on my gig. And Ray kind of took me under his wing and kind of helped me develop me along my career. So Kathleen, that's how I know Kathleen was through Ray. And two, Kathleen's an amazing actress, an amazing coach as well. And it's great she's getting the spotlight at the moment that she deserves Mm -hmm. because in this game, you just have to stick with it. Of course. Mm. I'll talk about the good things, the bad things. I'll talk about... I'm open to everything, but Kathleen is someone who is talented and she's, every artist will get their moment or their spotlight, no matter what age it is, mm. but she right now deserves it and I'm delighted that she yeah, has that moment. When we when we got her on, like, and you can, I was talking about Kathleen's yeah, yeah. energy, it's yeah. ridiculous and how she can almost soften a room, but she can change a room like oh, instantaneously. Yeah, she's <laughs> and she's tough. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, me and John were laughing on the podcast about how aggressive he got with his first scene with Kathleen and I did literally the same, same thing. thing yeah. This almost hidden aggression to want to fucking yeah. unleash on somebody and let it loose. Let loose. And uh she is lovely. And if you look at some of the people who have passed her door. Oh, huge. Huge. Like huge. She's a who who of she has a connection with everyone in Dublin, true yeah. somehow. Like and that's yeah. what I kind of Yeah, and out to the States then as well, yeah, back home. Sure. Like, oh yeah. Amazing reach that she has. So yeah. Big up Kathleen. Absolutely big up Kathleen. Yeah. So so from there then you were like, this is this is it. Like yeah. I I've, I've arrived, I'm home. These are my people. This is my thing. Oh yeah, every weekend. Yeah. And I'll give you it was like I remember there was a Taekwondo competition yeah. in wherever it was. I'm trying to think, was it the the Isle of Wight or somewhere? Yeah. Somewhere up in Newcastle. And I said to my coach, I was doing a show. I was doing a show in the Olympia years ago. Yeah. And they offered me the lead and I turned it down because I went to a competition because it was mad into Taekwondo. Yeah, yeah. I regretted that decision because when I went to see the show, I missed out on yeah, being yeah. part of that and the buzz and the energy mm. and the energy of the Olympia Theatre. So when the park came around two years later, I was like, no, no, 
I'm not missing this it again. This is my commitment. Yeah. I'll never forget doing a show in the Olympia, playing the lead, walking out on stage, 1,200 people, and you're taking that first line, and every day is a different experience, and that's when I went, wow. And John Brogan was still alive, God bless his soul, was the stage manager time, Maureen, Maureen's Bar, all these mm. characters in Dublin, yeah, yeah. And the history, the tapestry of, of our society on, 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 on Dame Street, and that's yeah, when yeah. I went, yeah. yeah. And it was the same feeling I got from in the Bracken Sound Town Hall, Dressed up as Gene Butler, yeah, yeah. making a thousand people laugh, yeah. doing his sketches or skits yeah. or fast dressed, whatever. But yeah, yeah. it was the same feeling. It was I felt liberated. Yeah. I felt free, mm. and I was like, there was a buzz and a high that was just yeah, incredible. Yeah, and you, you feel like it. I, I, I do think really around creative people. Like you've got you know tattoo artists, oh. you've got barbers, you've got actors, you've got all sides. Sound engineers, presenters. What I'm trying to say is, creative people really <clears throat> can almost draw yeah. energy from people. Yeah, for sure. To lift, but then there's obviously the downside, which yeah, yeah. But it takes a team. T- it, it, yeah, it's a team of people yeah. like here to create what we do right now. You know. Yeah, for sure. And what are you finding? And just on when you said about a team of people and creation at the moment, I was shocked to hear. Um, we'd Robbie on a while ago. Yes. And we've mentioned sure. Robbie, and we watched the letters. Um, You've seen the letters, Jordan, haven't you? Yeah. Jordan's our photographer here. And um, it absolutely, I was shocked to hear it got absolutely no nominations. Yeah, no. Not even the actors. No, it was Robbie. So explain the situation. Uh, Robbie's from Swords, an amazing director and actor. He approached me in the pavilions in 2019, March 2019, three years ago, and said, do you want to ca- I want to cast you in this film. It's a bit of a lone shark. It's a kind of character I've never played before and I want to do something darker. Yeah. 100% said yes. Then he said, well, like to- I was producing plays and shows and circus. Do you want to get involved as a producer? I said, yeah, 100%. And the film was... He had this vision on the film since day one and he assembled an amazing team of actors as in Kathleen Yates, Mary Murray, John Connors, um, Anne Russell. And it was set on the backdrop of the cervical cancer scandal. And the amount of people he met and, and, and the stories he told and this beautiful film he crafted. And then we got the nod to say we're being shortlisted for like eight if the nominations. And we were excited. We're an independent film, no for funding. So we thought, you know what, we're up against the big dogs. But even if we got one. But last Monday was, I would say, upsetting disappointment because one if the nomination for that film would have got global recognition for the story that he wanted to tell for what the actors performed a job as an artist is to put up a mirror to society where we're living right now whether you're playwright screenwriter podcast we talk about what's going on now yeah, yeah. and Robbie's film did that but what I'll always say is disappointed didn't get the if the nominations but the film will live on and what breaks my heart is that the women that are suffering right now won't so I think they can't bury the film and it's a beautiful piece of filmmaking mm, it, it is beautiful so yeah. I think yeah, we were upset and I congratulate everyone else who was nominated because mm-hmm. there's some amazing films and talented out there. Were we disappointed? Yes. For but sure. Do I believe this film is gonna go away? No. So the next is gonna be like streaming platforms and you know. Yeah. But that's the highs and lows of the we were we went on the IFTA panel discussion. I was in New York working there and I can't believe it. I was like, Oh my god, I'm sitting here on an IFTA panel discussion talking about a film I was a producer on, acting in with Robbie and yeah. all, all the team and I thought yeah. I thought this would never happen. Yeah, you, me? you have yeah, these yeah, moments yeah. in the shower going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like your man on the commitments, you know, he's interviewed himself in the bathroom. In the yeah. bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, classic, uh, yeah, the yeah. gabo, you yeah, know, yeah, in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And I had that moment, I was sitting in New York going, this is, yeah, this yeah. is, and we all thought, 
even though we're up against all the studios and all the big guns and all the distributors. But it's it's a part of this industry, the highs yeah. and lows. You take it on the chin and you find a way how to deal with that. And I felt really devastated for the actors because I think... I know I'm in, well, I'm in it and involved in it behind the scenes. I'm not talking about me. So there's no such thing as small roles, by the way. Yeah, only small actors. Um, was that I really thought the ladies just, they gave the performance of their lifetime. Yeah, and yeah. I was a bit good at that. They did course, get yeah, your recognition. the spotlight. But they will eventually. That's yeah, where I'm sure. But like sure. you said, the movie is never going away. Never. Um, you know, it, it, is a, it is a moment. It, it is a stain on our society. Oh, um, without and, a shadow of a doubt. You know, these ladies really, they, they gave it justice and the acting that they gave in that as well. I do think it, it, these movies crop up again yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah, it's a yeah. case going, how the fuck did we miss this it's before? It's like, you know, when once went in cinemas here, it only lasted two days. Mm-hmm. It only lasted a weekend. Yeah. And then yeah, when yeah. it got the nods, it came back in. Um, Shawshank Redemption, complete flop. So um, for us, it wasn't about, this film was never going to make anything commercial in the box office it was about the recognition for the filmmaking and what the story was that's where i felt that's yeah me too and i feel hopefully that a broadcaster if you're listening i know mm. you're <laughs> i know rt virgin media netflix amazon are massive fans of this yeah, podcast sure. so we're going to say to you is that Bezos. give yeah. robbie give robbie yeah Whoop. give, give me a shout give robbie a shout and say go on you're going to stream the film because yeah. yeah. i've hounded him for a yeah. part in the movie you have yeah and he did message me last <laughs> week he says I think of an idea for you. And I was like, Do you know what I noticed in. with you, right? <laughs> when Eric Lawler was in, you didn't hound him for a five minute comedy slot. No, I couldn't do it, man. <laughs> well, couldn't do it. Well, let me tell you about Robbie is the one thing Robbie will do is if he says something to you, he'll deliver. Yeah, of course. He literally yeah, just yeah. said to me, Do you want to? And I didn't know who I was going to be acting opposite, and I got to do all my scenes with Mary Murray. Yeah. So I was just <clears> honored. Like. No, he was great. Um, but we were chatting last week about yeah, Ifta, yeah. and he says, I think of an idea for you in, in one of my movies. And he means it, though, because yeah. that's how he's going to in the face again. I don't mind getting slapped in the face. Here's right, an ad for insomnia yeah. coffee, where you just spent a whole day getting slapped in the face. Oh. and the whole the whole hit, it was need a hit. Yeah, is that, that, that yeah. what the love of the coffee? Yeah, is? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've um, so I've never really acted. I've never done any like stage acting. Yeah. I do a lot of voice acting. Yeah, and it's definitely not the same level at all. But I, there's little bits and pieces I'm picking up, going, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's no, but it's it's, uh, it's still similar. a different craft. Yeah, yeah, different craft and for sure. Yeah, actors yeah. who think they can go into do voiceover, oh, yeah. they absolutely completely yeah. fail. For sure. It's like uh, acting for writing for plays, TV, screenwriting. Yeah. It's like everything is in state. Yeah, everything has its own. Sure. And that's where I think craft gets in this day and age. You can try anything. Yeah. Once you commit to it, you'll fail, but you'll get there. Yeah. But you yeah, have yeah. to respect the craft of voice And the work, process, right? The, craft yeah, and the yeah. process of yeah. acting, writing. And I think that's where people think so that I can do this. You do a lot of voiceover work. Yeah. Too, like never anything glamorous, really. Like, do you know what I mean? But, we are yeah, on the good. show, aren't you? <laughs> few podcasts are failing Listen, at the moment for yeah, shit yeah. they shouldn't have said so there's um, always an opening I always keep in middle of the road that's me yeah. Um, yeah. so take us through so so you went from swords oh, yeah, so street, yeah, the whole lot what, what happened next so you were di- you were in so school at the same time I assume in school at the same time and like and what, how I did have, you kind of balance that like you know I would just laugh so would take, swords take, take time yeah. oh look anyone listen to here yeah, yeah. I've got thick skin yeah, and yeah. if you're going to put yourself out there you're going to get sticked of course yeah. and I would just I you have to take that on the chin I'd say to any artist if you're gonna put yourself out there, yeah. prepare to take a lot of crap. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I just what's think, gonna, everyone has an opinion. Everyone has an opinion. Yeah, like ourselves. They're like ourselves. Yeah. yeah, so yeah I was in the pub one. one time and some everyone lad, has one. Yeah. Some lad came up and he goes, You just love yourself, don't you? I said, I do. Yeah. He goes, yeah. You just love being on stage. I said, Yeah, yeah I love being do, on stage. Yeah, yeah. He goes, Yeah. 
just love acting, don't you? I said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the point of this conversation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the whole point is that yeah. if you put, once you put yourself out there and you're happy with your own self, that's, that's, that's a part of anyway. Like. I think it's a really healthy way to be, though. It's, you know, it's, it takes a while for people to get there, but it, I think yeah. you've stumbled onto it, you know? So, yeah. literally, young fella, I was quite lucky that I started to get in a few parts, yeah, started cool. to build up the career, and then a woman called Lucinda Sison, she was a casting director, she worked with Guy Ritchie, right. and they had got me to audition for Helena Troy, and I got shortlisted down to the last two for Helena Troy, cool. and that kind of changed my career, it brought me into a wider uh, of casting directors, yeah. and then that's when America, the year before I got hit by lightning, I worked on Dawn of the Dead. Okay. So I got to work on Dawn Dead for four months. I was a zombie. I met Zack Snyder, all the team. Yeah. Uh, I was building sets, and then I wanted to be an actor. So all the crew got together and got me to uh, be a zombie in the film. Yeah, cool. So like you can, as Guy Ritchie said in one interview with Matthew Vaughn, that you have to wedge the door open. And once you crack on that door open, I say, you just run on through. For so sure. I had all these meetings. I was signed to a big agency in Los Angeles got the part in the film, going out to LA and then struck by lightning and then everybody drops you because, yeah. well, basically I was paralyzed at one point from the neck down. So they thought my life was over. Yeah, this guy's scared. He's, and that was hard to take because my career was going that way. Yeah. And then the silence. And then you sit there and you say to yourself, well, okay, I always knew what I wanted to do. And I was getting there yeah. and then it was all taken away from me. Yeah. Now, yeah. how do I deal with this? And then that's where the darkness comes into sure. it. Sure, yeah, I've been there. That's yeah. when yeah. A, a, a specialist said to me, do you write? I said, no. He goes, well, writing's a great form of therapy. And, and then, you know, you're an actor, trained as an actor. Why don't you start writing? So then, struck by lightning, the power of anyone's listening, the, the blank page is the greatest canvas in the world because people will tell you that the an idea is not worth anything. But... That's because people can't come up with ideas. Yeah. Mm. And you can make that idea into, into money. And so anyone's idea, anyone's creative flow from that blank page, don't let anyone take that away from you because that's a gift. And that gift can transform into so many different revenue streams. Yeah. But the powers that be will try and tell you that it's nothing. It's not nothing. I can talk about contracts, things I've sold, money that I've made from something that I was told over here that was wor wasn't worth yeah, anything. Yeah. So I'm really important for any artist to know yeah, yeah. the power of their own creativity and own that shit it was a question I did have for you we kind of just touched on it there like did you find over here and here being Ireland yeah. there was a little bit of like no that's not going to work no you're not going to work you're not this you're not give that you, that's not that I can give you yeah, yeah. Right. I mean so, you don't have to get into specifics no, 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 of it but I'm just curious fuck it get into some of yeah. it no, I'll you, I'll you, no, so the hit by lightning I wrote, I wrote monologues about being struck by lightning yeah Got a group of friends together. Uh, they we did put the play on in the Samuel Beckett. Play was awful, but we believed in it, and yeah, I believed course. in the play. This is both from the blue. This was it was called Five Nights at the time, right? Right. Which became the show I did in America there a month ago. But yeah. um, no spoilers. We no get to spoilers. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I survived. Hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I was following your progress while yeah, you were yeah, in the yeah. states. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, was it was going life, so well. Yeah. Life. Let me tell you. And you signed? Can, yeah, did yeah. you sign something? Signed as well? to a big literary agent over there. It's changed Amazing. my life, but. Getting back to the beginning yeah. of a really bad play, Five sure. Nights, to where I was in New York, off-Broadway, with the show about my experience and owning who I was as an artist. I was invited by the Fringe Festival, didn't have a play on, 
to meet all these directors. And I'll never forget this one person who shall rename nameless, but you yeah. know who you are. Uh, I get such a kick out of this, get such a kick out of yeah, this. Yeah, no, I love these stories. Go on, yeah. So you had like a few minutes with everyone. Yeah. And this person just threw my script at me and said it wasn't worth the paper it was printed on. Oh, good and it was no point in wasting his oxygen talking to me for the next five minutes. So we sat there in silence. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let this guy yeah, break yeah. me. I've been around bullies before. I was laughing. Because once you've trained in anything, once you've been punched in the ring or in training, a punch is a punch. So this guy was just another arsehole, as we said earlier on. Yeah. The next person I met was Ray Yates, which was Kathleen Yates' yes. husband. And he just said to me, this is a great play. I'll direct it for you, David. Great. Because I worked as an assistant stage manager. Yeah. So there was history. There was history. Yeah. Yeah. And Ray was just like, so then the next venue and the next venue and the next... So that one fella who's still around, by the way, yeah, and yeah. he's done this to plenty of people. Of course. Play goes to London. Play is still not the greatest play in the world. Yeah. But I was running a pub in London, and it was between the old Vic, the young Vic, ITV. So I knew everybody. Yeah. Like the chair we're in here today, you hear stories. The bar, yeah. you hear everything. Yeah. yeah Martin sure. McCutcheon came to see the play from Love Actually. Twitter was only a thing. She tweeted it. Play sold out. Hollywood producers came in to see the show offered me a life-changing money to buy the rights of that one play. Yeah. So a fella in Dublin tells me, I can't write, I'm not a playwright, mm. I'm useless, and know you're lame. Yeah. Two years later, I'm sitting down with a studio who are paying me a lot of money for the idea, and I go back to the idea. If I can make all that money on a shit play, what yeah. can you do when you know you're For crap? sure. Yeah, and exactly. that's what I want to say to people. Yeah. Always be open because opportunities present themselves Definitely. all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it became a point of, let's say right now, technically right now, I'm out of work, right? But a couple of weeks ago, I had a sold-out show in America talking about my lightning experience, mm. my shadows, my darkness, the highs and lows of my industry. But it was one of the greatest experiences of my life because the Americans just lapped it up. Yeah. And then venues throughout the country have offered me to come back and gig. And there's a great playwright from around here. Her name's Elaine Murphy. She wrote Little Gem. Mm. She's local. And she said to me, don't meet people anymore who are going to waste your time yeah. to have a coffee who just want to know what you're doing. Yeah, she yeah. goes, own your shit mm. and own your journey that you're going on. Yeah. So I said, I came back here and go, okay, I've got a whole tour going across yeah. in America there's people over here who are always going to close the door on me because they don't think I have the talent. For sure. You know what? That's fine. Forget so it. to get back to your question, yeah, yeah. is there people who try and close the door on you, try and have a monopoly on the market in film, theatre, and in voiceover? Voiceover especially, you uh, know how that yeah. works. Uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. You know what you do is you create your own work, you build your foundations. That's so when you're on the opposite way of the table... They've been told they have to sit with you. Yeah, you know yeah. what you do? You're sweet and you're smiling. You have oh, a yeah. coffee and you That's say, what you do. fuck yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But fuck you with your teeth. No, yeah, I yeah. told you I could fucking make it an yeah. American. Yeah. Huh? I believed in you. You're fucking better. You'll <laughs> see when I get into Rob, Robbie, get me. Robbie, let's go. Let's get, get on to it. Get on. So yeah, no, I get passionate because <laughs> yeah. no, people, it's try, good to see. Like people try and people try and they do try and tell you. Is it an so, Irish thing? Sorry, Pierce. Is it an? Is there a bit of Irish begrudgery? You know, you hear this thing about like. I think yeah. so. Yeah, Bono, Bono said it. Yeah, Bono, Bono said, it. said it years ago on the Late Late Show. I think Irish people love pulling Irish people yeah. down. I yeah. don't know. In America, like people that. are going, "Well done yeah, to that guy great. living yeah, up yeah, on yeah. the hill," and in yeah. Ireland, they go, "Something going to get that bastard." Yeah, yeah. When I was, yeah. no, don't forget me. I wrote plays about 1916, so I'm yeah, very yeah. proud of my heritage. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not knocking it. In this, yeah, of course. In America, they say to me, "This is what I earn. What can I do for you?" In America, it's out of sight, out of mind. If they're there for you. They will literally set up a meeting with you with someone who can make a difference to you. I think you, 
do you want you want to act in what type of role you want? Oh, you know what, Pierce? I know this director. He's making yeah. his action film. I think he'd be perfect for yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, I've got this commercial. I'm looking for your type of tone and your voice, sure. Stephen. You know what? Americans, I've found, are very direct. And if they can help you out, yeah. they'll help you out. So th- that's what I want to say from being wrote off here as to say, and in confidence. I've only actually started to believe in myself in the last... I would say two years as a writer. Yeah. But, but you now can I, feel it from you. You can. Talking yeah, yeah. To you. Now I do, yeah. It's 100%. infectious. Yeah, in a, like in you you way, do feel it. Yeah. I haven't seen him smile this much yeah, in a long no, time. I'm loving, I'm Only when I give you a nice haircut, but yeah, not sure. really. On, this is really... Actually, yeah. Well, it's right? actually funny enough, I had to get a haircut. I couldn't not get a haircut coming in today. I'd have done it, man. <laughs> do you know what? Pierce look after you. I'd have done it. I didn't. The last I was like, do you not think they do? And I was like, do you know? look after you. I'll go and get a haircut off you yeah. next time. Yeah. But I didn't want to do it before the podcast. But but fucking I, Eric Lawler's been here twice. He's coming yeah, yeah, now during the week. He, 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 he's never going to go now, you know. Once you feed an artist, we're here yeah. for life. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, have get, we'll have to get pictures, actually, up on the wall of people. We've, uh, so Helen's mad into yeah, yeah. the mixed toilets. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And they're sort of these re-sticky things, but really good quality yeah. images. So she um, she wants me to get all the between cuts photos that you're always taking cool. oh, and stick fair. them all yeah, over yeah. the place. But can I ask you about the play? Um, so when did it change to Bolt from the Blue? Uh, so I when you what, changed the yeah, name of it, yeah, what, no, what brought that on? So I went to so the first play was called Five Nights. Then it was the Gift of Lightning, and went to London. And then I never owned my story. I never owned my past. I never owned my drama. I kind of what we do, we bury it mm-hmm. in the past. That's where I am at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, I did a podcast with a girl, Georgie Crawford, uh, oh, an amazing yeah. cancer journey. It's a good glow. And I had this moment on a podcast when I realized that there was this play called My Bedsit Window. So I was, went over to be an actor and a writer in London. And I'm working the bar scene for four years. I grew up in bars. My dad was in the club game. Mm. There was a moment when I had sold a film to, to Hollywood. I had, was a lead in the West End play. And I said, one of the young lads I hired in the job who wanted to be an actor, he died the last night of my play. And we were all out drinking. He was 21. And when I saw that, that someone's life could be taken away like that, who wanted to be an actor, who wanted to be where I was, and then he died when we were all out celebrating my play. And the play had sold out for the whole run, and the only ticket that was left on the Sunday was his seat. And that spiraled me off into a place where I wrote this play called My Bedsit Window. It was an attack on the industry, I talk about everybody, all the auditions, all the yeah. begrudgery, all the arts, everything. N- no one, everyone I, I went for. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. It was called My Bed's at Window. I went after the Arts Council. I went after Amnesty International. Yeah. I went after the Gate, the Abbey. I slagged everybody. Yeah, See, yeah. I get given out for going after yeah. people. Yeah. So what happened was, that there's a guy called Carl Shields. He's rest in peace, an amazing actor. He worked with Eric Lawrence. Yes, yeah, he yeah. had the theatre upstairs. Of course. He put this play on. He gave me a platform. And then all the powers that be that slagged me off, that I slagged off, they wanted to work with me. There was a shift. Yeah, of course. And then I started to write other plays from that play. But that was the play that I... I wrote the, the, I wrote the play and I said, standing on the edge of a rooftop, I can see London lit up in all its glory. I was the person standing on that edge in the rooftop because I wanted to feel like what it felt like, not to kill myself, but what it felt like to feel... Life or death, like I had when I was struck by lightning. So when you're struck by lightning, you've got 300,000 volts of electricity passing yeah. through your body. Sometimes you burn from the inside out and parts of your body because the heat is so much. Yeah, it's so intense. And I wanted to feel what that felt like again. And then someone in the audience was like, that's you. My auntie, she's a spiritual healer. She, uh, what do you mean? She goes, that's you. You are William Blake. And then I went, oh, yeah. 
you were projecting. I was projecting. Yeah. And I was so honest that I wanted any artist to... Feel what you were feeling. Yeah, and to, you know what? You know what? You're going to get the highs, you're going to get the lows, but eventually you'll get there. So those plays got me to a place where I said, right, forget the studios. So studios buy your ideas. And I found out this great piece of information. I never sold my life rights. So my life rights is my name, David yeah. Gilner. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, up the parish. Um, no. <laughs> um, but uh, I, uh, I never sold my life rights. And a, a, a great producer told me, you can create whatever story you want because you own you yeah. and your lightning story. So I went, all right. So I pitched to Cultured Ireland. I'd never been funded by them before. I said, I want to go to America and I want to tell this story yeah. as open and honest and make people laugh, but be true to who I am. And I said, yeah. And I was really surprised by that. Sold up everything I owned. Got a visa for the States. I had do, was doing 24 venues. And then we were shooting, would you believe, we were shooting a pilot show for Channel 4. That got cancelled the week of. And then my tour of America, my whole dream to get to that point, got COVID. Move yeah. on for that. Finally get to go to America. Finally get to do a ball from the blue. My show, I own it. Strap in. Here we go. An unknown in America. Nobody knew who I yeah. was. Play sold out. Change, <coughs> like January 15th changed my life forever. That they've going to open up a relationship with me for the next 10 years yeah. as a writer, as a performer. And by the way, I wasn't going to do it. I said to my dad, I said, I don't know if your listeners would feel the same. This two year, this took two years away from my life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's hard to hustle all the time. Yeah, oh fucking tell yeah, me yeah, about it. So you're yeah. constantly hustling, like with a new mm. business, like with this, like with yeah, your podcast. Yeah. But you know what happens? I just a friend of mine loves your podcast, Damien Russell. If I didn't shout out, he'd kill me. Big up Damien. Big up yeah. Damien. But he was so excited that I was coming on this show. Yeah. I think that's important for me to tell you that he, when he he works in, he's an engineer, so when he's on the road. He loves listening to your podcast. Yeah, so just I remember Damo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We watch our staff discounts, Damo. I, I remember it well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the whole point is that I got to that place that changed my life for the next 10 years because I believe in myself now. Mm. And I won't waste time with... People want to take you out for coffee in Ireland and they'll chat to you. Yeah. They want to know what your plans they are. They want to know what's going on. What's going on. What's yeah. your vision for this podcast? Mm. You guys have the talent. You guys yeah. have the joy. You guys put together. You know what? Your listeners will grow and opportunities will come for that. For but sure. own this shit, this space right now. Like, yeah. I'm an artist here. I feel like, it's story. Oh, it's, I feel like really bashing a mic off. And I mean that in a loving yeah, way. Yeah, because yeah. I was saying to Stephen prior to Christmas yeah. that our listening base in the States was... And we can only really, unless you pay for the analytics, yeah. you can yeah. only really see what Spotify wants yeah. you to see. Um, I know thanks my, for hosting us, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know my pal, yeah. Brian, listens every week. In his but car. our listening audience was 2%. You yeah. up to Boston. Yeah. Up to Boston. Hey, yeah, hey, oh, hey, hey, whoa. So the 2%, in the, and we're, we're almost at 12% of our listening bases across the States. Yeah. Um, took us ages to get our first 1,000 downloads. Yeah, now yeah. we've got so many 1,000 yeah. downloads, but most of them are in America. For sure. Yeah, and when I, yeah. I did drink a lot in America and a lot of diet bars, uh, which was very interesting. Which give is you what you want. Actually, I'll give you a great story. Go actually. on, this yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, go so for this it. This is a real LA story. So I haven't been back to America, to New York, Boston, or LA since I was struck by lightning. Yeah. So I had all these meetings. I couldn't go back to those places. Mm. So do the show in New York. Get to LA. Just saying goodbye to a tattoo yeah, artist. Go, See you yeah. later. Yeah, look safe home, Andrew. Um... Ireland's I love still that. here, I see. Uh, yeah, there's always one. Um, get to LA, and I have so much time off, no meetings planned, and I started to panic. Yeah. Anxiety kicked in, because what was I going to do? I always need to do something. Yeah, I feel the same, yeah. And I, my dad was like, I need to have a holiday. I was like, okay. So 
I started meeting all these great people that allowed me all these opportunities. And my friend, she's a hairstylist, and I met her backstage in a gig in Germany. She had a pit bull. I've never looked after a dog in my life. She goes, I'll give you my place, but there's a pit bull. I said, you know what? Let's bond with a dog. Yeah, let's do it. From farm. Yeah, yeah. Amazing time with the dog. She gave me a long <laughs> list of bars. She's been in LA for so many years. Yeah. Cool as you like. Uh, amazing tattoo artist as well. Mm. Jamie Myers. Big up Jamie. But we were at this... Uh, <laughs> There was a Chicago director, Daniel, uh, and there was a fella from Belfast. And we got to know each other, and it was the last night before he's going back to Belfast. So we wanted a session. I didn't know in LA everything closes at 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm. We didn't know that everything yeah. closes at 2 o'clock. New York, it's open late. So we wanted to find out a really good after party, and everywhere's closed. So then we got this address to this party, right? <laughs> so we're like... <laughs> the word words. Yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 no, no. We were like, okay, let's go. So we get into an Uber and the Uber driver was frightened where we were going. So Christ. we go down to this industrial estate down an alleyway and we get out and the Uber driver was waiting for us. And there was this Mexican with tattoos on his neck, two guns, stand there and this small promoter. So three little Irish lads walk up we're like, oh yeah. And they're like, uh, who sent you? And I was like, such and such. They're like, that's a lie. Give us your phone. So they took my phone and they're going... Now, who really sent you? And I was like, this fella in this bar. And he goes, why is he here? I said, look, the lad's going back to Belfast. Do you mind if we have a really good time? Now, we're in an alleyway in yeah. a Duchess day with this guy with two guns. And he's about six foot six. And he looks like a mixture of, uh, is it the actor from Conair? What's his name? Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking uh, about. Danny, Tra uh, his name yeah, will come back. Danny, to yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And you know the great Colleen from WWE? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, this is the, and he goes, all right, lads, you got cash? Yeah, you got cash. So, he goes, okay, this one's no phones, no blah, 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 grand. So as we were walking down this laneway, there's two bins. And I just said to myself, the lads, either we're going to get raped or murdered, but we're pot committed now. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, can't yeah. go back. Can't, no. So we get down to the corner. We sing a left and there's an, a corrugated iron like thing. And he's like, have a good night, lads. And I was thinking, that's it. We're dead. We're dead. Yeah, yeah. And we opened up the door and it was a speakeasy nightclub. Wow, that. right. And we parted until about 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but it did take us an hour to kind of... To relax. And relax. They, were playing, uh, they were playing the breakfast club on a big screen. They had arcades everywhere yeah, yeah. and a bar. But it was one of those LA moments that we thought, that's it. I won't party after 2 o'clock. But yeah, yeah, it was... It was. Yeah. yeah. The speakies are amazing. I went to a great one um, in New York. And it was, um, it was a pawn shop. And <laughs> this had the best of... This had the best. These signed Air Jordans, everything. Yeah, yeah. And the wall literally just opened out into this almost Great Gatsby style. Yeah, no. Yeah, Prohibition. Oh, it was just stunning, like $30 a cocktail. But Amazing. I love all Amazing. of that. Absolutely yeah, yeah. love all that. So the, the show then, you you obviously signed a big deal then in the States. Um, yeah, so and when are you due back? I'm going to go back on tour for June, July, August. Three months, touring around The America. same show? Same show, yeah. And draw an influence then maybe to write more? Yeah. So basically, so I have a play uh, called The Unsung Hero. It's about a guy called Michael Joseph O'Reilly, who co-founded the Irish Volunteers. Yeah. And it's about his journey in 1916 Rising. I'm involved with Hands Around Morseau campaign yeah. with Frank Allen and a few others. So that play is going to tour America with a guy, great, actually a great Irish actor called Mick Malenfi from Cork, who uh, used to own a pub called Ryan's Daughters. And then he gave up the pub to concentrate full-time on the acting. Mm. So he did the opposite, where other was go, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's going to be touring my play to venues around America. And then I come over and tour my show. So I'm very lucky that I met Mick. Uh, we met during the pandemic. He was going to do one of my plays in New York. So New York has given me, I've stayed three of my plays in six months as an unknown. And yeah. I've built up all these relationships because I'm very personal. So yeah, I went to every bar 
every art centre, anybody who gave me a chance and opportunity. Mm. And I went to this amazing, the Irish Art Centre in New York and Queens. I went on Wednesday and I had dinner with about 80 Irish people. Right. A different bar in New York sponsors food. And then we played bingo. And uh, <laughs> then they're like, when's your show coming over? So you're building a relationship with your yeah. audience. Yeah. And also, so I've got one play torn uh, before I get over there. And then I'm torn my comedy show, which is, I'd say... Brendan Bean, if Brendan Bean was still alive, right, what he did in New York in the mad 60s, to come over there, have a drink, and I'm going to say, let me tell you about growing up in Swords, let me tell you about my acting career, yeah. let me tell you about being struck by lightning, and the man I am today, and that's the, this is my introduction into it's America. It's the premise to your it's play. It's the premise of, yeah. my, of the play. Yeah. And that's the, the, I wrote a screenplay on the basis of this show that I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. So that's when sometimes you see in Hollywood that they have two similar action films or disaster yeah. films. So this is the film that I want to take because I actually own this. I didn't yeah, own yeah. it because uh, I have my life right. So that's where, you, you, no matter what art is out there, yeah, you'll have solicits and all that, but know your contracts yeah. because everyone will try and screw you. Yeah. And even no matter what happens in life, yeah. no matter what gig it is, they'll all try and screw Everyone's you. Trying to screw so you, yeah, know, yeah. know the power of words and what they mean to you. Don't trust anybody yeah. once the ink is dry and then that's because artists get screwed over. Oh, hugely and did yeah. you meet up much with Des Bishop wasn't he doing me a mama there when you were so yeah Des yeah Des started so Mick and Des knew each other Des started it for me and it was great for me to be uh, to be even at the same festival where Des is so all his years of experience doing one man shows and then it's me coming up and it's interesting Des is a superstar in Ireland right yeah and he's trying to build a career for himself in America yeah, yeah. which I find fascinating but with 30 years of experience yeah yeah and des's show is is, is people were loving it over there mm-hmm. so it was great that even i was on the same billing as him i yeah, was yeah. just excited that our names were on the same For lineup sure, as yeah, you do yeah. when you like even when you're in a film and you see someone's name you're like i want to mind you know kind of way. Yeah, yeah i was excited that that he, i've seen a couple of his shows many years ago and i did really enjoy them there's yeah. a rawness about them as yeah. well i think if you own who you are mm. there's no what you see is what you get with me what you yeah, see yeah. is what you get on social media and I think that's the key to be, and I think that's where you can get lost. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where the beauty of, there's no point in me saying, yeah, I've got this lined up, I've got that lined up. I will have, st- I've got loads, st- loads of stuff lined up, yeah, but right yeah. now I'm sitting here like, where, where are we going to make my money next? Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But, and like, that's well, this the, podcast, you get fucking yeah. nothing off this one. <laughs> yeah. so. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I've got to go great yeah. coffee yeah. and yeah. I've got to get a haircut. haircut. You're getting a haircut yeah. next time. The Eric Lala special. You up so, there? Yeah. <laughs> well, I only got whiskers. He's got a beard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a, we make you look gorgeous, yeah, don't we? Yeah. From yeah. Pierce, yeah. Um, so if it's okay to ask, we'll just jump straight into the, I know we touched on it at the start. So that day, yeah, the the day. Oh yeah, um, and you mentioned like you know all the things that happened, and you kind of didn't. Re- I suppose you didn't realize how serious this was initially. Not at all. No. I and l- then you went from there to being de- declared dead for yeah. for a minute. So and like, is it okay to ask? Oh yeah. Where you went? Oh no problem. Or can you explain yeah. how, what that's like? So basically, my, one of my best friends, Stephen Russell, Damon's cousin. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He got word that I was struck by lightning, came to the hospital, because yeah. I had to have my insurance, by the way. Of course, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's America, yeah. Paid 50 euro my insurance, but it came to, I think, nearly half a million. Yeah, yeah. What? When your insurance company sends you flowers, they want you to die, uh, because <laughs> I cost them a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Commas are expensive. Um, but when Stephen came, and I realized that I was coming to the end, I didn't want him to tell my parents that I was dying. Yeah. I had, my godparents lived in Florida. My aunties lived in America. Yeah. I was very sane. Contact them. 
contact my parents in the morning it's about seven o'clock in the morning because they'd have to and i told them that i loved them i told them what i say to my parents yeah uh what they meant to me and then i just remember taking my last breath closing my eyes and then i was gone my heart flatlined yeah and then i i did see myself i did see myself there in the room and then another blink and then my world is black and then i'm feeling all this darkness and all this pain and different people's memories and then i'm feeling love and happiness and euphoria and then all of a sudden i'm angry because i'm a young fella i don't know what i believe in yeah i'm only 18 and i know i'm dying so then i'm fighting and then i'm crying and then i'm angry and then i'm praying so i've got all these mixed emotions but then i'm praying to a power that's greater than me or you and anybody and saying if there is a god out there if there is a power that's that's above earth please just give me one more chance yeah i'm crying and my life is not gone yet yeah and i was like this internal battle with the shadow and the darkness and i kept on fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and then it got too much that i just thought my brain exploded and then i was back in the room i was in the intensive care unit in boston i was on this floating bed as well and then i was like where am i what's after happening so i i I was gone. I technically died and they brought me back to life. And then everything had changed. My body felt different. Yeah. Everything felt different. Touch felt different. And I had to realize in my life what had happened to me, yeah. where I went. So if you look, I believe since my accident, energy is important. Yeah. If I go to a meeting, I don't like someone's energy. I'll just, I'm eccentric now, I would say. But if I don't like somebody, I won't waste my time anymore. Yeah, for Before sure. I used to do, I'd say, nice to meet you, but you know I'm done. Yeah, if yeah. I meet someone out and I'm not feeling it, I won't be rude, but I'd yeah, be very... Yeah, you just cut it. I will cut everything down yeah, straight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So people only think I'm a bit eccentric, but that's what changed me. If I pick up on something, I'm gone. I'm like, no, not for me. There's and a I, lot about vibes, isn't there? Like, and It's something like... Because you would ask me before we started how I got to know Pierce. Yeah. I know we kind of just got off your yeah. thing but I think it's interesting to say because I always said this to Pierce. When I came in here first, I was kind of like, it's a really cool vibe in here. And and like that, I, I never really put a huge amount of stock in the energy thing, but it's uh, really interesting to hear this kind of coming back to me now because it's something I'd always said to you that the energy you give off and the vibe you give off, I think it's in the place and it's a really welcoming place to be. Hmm. Yeah, that's all. I just no, wanted to share that. Yeah. No, but it is though, because I, I came think... up here, this is a warm place to <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say as an artist, this place is inspiring. You yeah. guys are both passionate about what you believe in. And then if you give people a platform and to be real who they are, yeah. opportunities present themselves. So like you'd see the link in the line. For sure. And if you can cut all these people who are, aren't going to, I've realised there's people in life who will take you out for a coffee. They yeah. don't want you to succeed. Be careful who you tell good news to. Yeah. Not because they may have resentment in their own life. Yeah. There's no offense to you, but it's just something in them. Always, someone told me that in America. Be careful yeah. who you tell your good news. And I didn't know what they meant, and then I like, get, yeah, get it. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I some, get it. Sometimes, you know. Uh, so I got very. My mother is staunch Catholic. Yeah. Prays all the time. She prays because my mum is in constant pain. Yeah. Mother is a very ill, but she prays all the time. When she prays, she's not in pain. Yes. My auntie is a very famous spiritual healer. My cousin is a psychologist, Alison Keaton. Yeah. She writes books. She's on radio. They all have their own eternal gifts. My mother comes yeah. from a massive family from the Nile. Um, and everybody has their own ways of dealing with the afterlife yeah. and, and gods and beliefs. But for me, is I love to light candles. I'm a hooer for lighting candles. <laughs> I light candles all the time. Yeah, uh, tea lights. Yeah, yeah. I, I do pray. I do meditate. 
Um, I was uh, I was christened the Catholic, but I don't go to mass. Yeah, yeah. But I love the ritual of going to uh, spiritual places and pray. I love that as well. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah. such a... For me, uh, 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 Clandon Street there in town, I go in, I light a candle. It's not a religious thing. There's a, there's a, a ceremony in it for me, which yeah. I love. So I found real peace in... Because when you... It could be a road accident. Yeah. could be... Uh, beating cancer it could be the grief of a sudden death in your family to your mm. mother or your father your brother losing through someone through suicide all of these things have a knock-on effect in your life and i have a sense of a spiritual praying system that gives me grounding because i went to a place that was very dark yeah and you can't shake that from you no so even if you get into the darkest of place with your own mental health you can get through that but it stays with you. Yeah. So Does, yeah. you can feel it coming. When, yeah. the, when, the, when the grey days are coming and you need to back away from people, you can yeah. feel it. But that's a beautiful gift because you can own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to a very dark place because I was dead. And then I had to figure out who I was as a man, mm-hmm. what it is I want to do, and who I have around in my life. Yeah. Because I had the wrong people in my life who weren't, not a cent back me, but once yeah, you find... Yeah. You could be friends with someone your whole life and then you realise, why am I friends with this dickhead? Yeah, what am I getting out of this? What am I getting out of this? And it's about, you could meet people in two years and become your best friends. It's just, be careful about who you have in your life and the energy. Who you share your energy with. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I always found is that um, when you're, Helen Moiderhaf is really high, loving energy. She really, really does. Uh, And sometimes you would find, just observing, I, I've had to learn the hard way to shut my mouth. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because no, that, get, that gets just, me in trouble. Yeah, just yeah. shut your mouth. But I've no, you would almost see it coming from a distance where it's almost, I call them social vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. the you know, where it's just, they suck the energy from you. Yeah. Um, and you would see that. And I have seen it like around so many people over the years. And I actually think because at one stage in my earlier life, I fucking was one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I used to, I don't mind sharing that because I think so many people would probably feel that way, but then feel when they move on from it, you're sort of not worried you know. of saying yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. But I almost used to hate hearing people's good news. Which yeah. When you said it there, I was like, oh, fucking hell, That's man. Me. That resonated with yeah, me yeah. from like late teens, early yeah, 20s, yeah, yeah. where everything growing up, you know, being from Kulak, you know, uh, not really have much money. I needed a pair of Levi's. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just to there. It would break the fucking bank, but you needed them. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You get, get where I'm going with this. Great one for you. Go on. Uh, big up Archie from Kulak, who's running a bar in New York, who right. I knew from 37, and he surprised me to come see my show, and I do a thing on the blacker. Oh. I didn't know he was in the audience. <laughs> I talked about the mangoes. Yeah. Up the fucking blacker. Yeah, I, I talked about the yeah. mangoes, the blacker, the capybara, and Jets back nightclub. Yeah. And oh, in the yeah. Of it, I was just like, Jets, yeah. Jesus Christ. But I went, I went, I had many a night in the blacker with the Tequila lads, and I didn't know Archie was there. And Archie was like, Man, I mean, he just got this roar of Kulak pride. I just thought, that was just what you said. Though. Well, tell thought, him to listen to the podcast. Yeah, Archie, yeah. we need more numbers. Yeah, yeah. Archie <laughs> yeah. in New York, get everyone in the pubby bollocks. No, but he yeah, was so yeah. excited. And that was because you never know. Sorry, we just said, Kulak, that was there. <laughs> no, it is. And it, it, uh, there's so many people in where I was growing up that were, I left school quite young. So I'd have been coming up to my leaving cert, aced my mocks, did amazingly yeah. well, um, was going, knew the direction in which I wanted to go in, and then decided I literally just had a fucking meltdown. Yeah. And two weeks before my leaving cert, left school. Yeah. yeah, it can happen. And I was living in America, I was living in Humble, Texas in October of that year, just yeah. up gone. I, found, I needed to find a way wow. to America. 
didn't live there, there legally, but there. yeah, just through putting it out there. Uh, ended up living out there with Trevor. Still talk to the guys in yeah. Houston. Well, they don't live in Houston anymore. They're all over America now. Um, and uh, after 20, I think it was 25 years, we touched base there this year. Had the first video call with them two weeks ago. So what I think what you're saying is so true that when you put that energy out there and let it go as opposed to focusing on it, yeah, it shit happens. Yeah, I look, I would use... Mo has this great thing. The more pain she goes through life. She never lets anyone take their peace. Never lets anyone take her peace. And, and she used to say, pray for someone who's done something bad on you. And I yeah. never got that. Now I do, because I used to have grudges. Yeah. I used to be angry. I yeah. used to say, fuck you. I'm not talking to you. Mm. Now, do you know what? That's actually taking over my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, you know what? Don't like you, but how are you? Like, I, I don't have to be like, yeah. See, I'm yeah, still, yeah. this is gas. Yeah, this yeah, way, I'm still in that process. Yeah, for sure. And you've seen that yeah, in you me have, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I find it very hard sometimes with um, the emotional side of things and almost letting the, I call it squeaky bum. Yeah, but yeah. you you let it out and you want to like... Knock someone out. Hulk smash a little bit. Yeah. I go the other way and I actually internalise it all. I bring it all inside here. and I kick myself around the place yeah. about yeah. it. And like this other person has moved on with their life, their day, their whatever, yeah. but I'm still inside. I'm, I'm angry about it, but I'm more upset and internally. With know? me, it's the religious part of yeah, it that yeah. really makes me feel uncomfortable. And I think if, there, if I could create another word for praying... Yeah it wouldn't be as uncomfortable for me right. yeah. if yeah, I was yeah. to be able to talk for them yeah, as opposed yeah, yeah. to pray for them. Yeah. It, it, does that make sense no, to you? Like, because church to me just makes me feel a bit funky oh, yeah. uh, well, with family history of it and all. So when I, yeah, when yeah. I feel about letting somebody go, my dad says that all the time. He says, let, they're insignificant. Yeah. Let them go with love. Pray for them. And, he, and I, get, I do follow him to the point he says pray for them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, you lost yeah. me. Well, I'm out of here. I'm I, <laughs> I do a great one now is that I'm very... I love people and getting on to people but you cross me that's it yeah. yeah and I don't think people when they work with me oh this is great but once you cross me no matter what it is in life you come up on time yeah. you work your ass yeah. off and that's how you get it yeah. Yeah. I hate these phone calls oh I like what you're doing I'll do it I'll do fine it. work yeah. at it I have yeah, an idea yeah. for a show write it yourself yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. I, you, you still have to have that to make it in this one you still have that aggression you don't yeah. lose the aggression but it was the grudges that was that was getting on to me. Yeah, yeah. And then something, this is so smart. I used to share everyone's shows and plays and then I realised I wasn't getting the response yeah, back. Yeah. So you know what I did? I stopped caring for people who I didn't need to care for. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a moment in my life where I went, yes, these people never give a fuck about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was trying to, I believe, stupid as we say, I say this in the show, 5% of people in our world make it in the arts. When I say really make it, we're yeah, talking yeah. houses all over yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The other 95% of people, they put us against each other. But you know what? If that 95% said, you know what? Let's help each other a little bit and elevate. That yeah. number may change to 15% at a push. But that, if that wealth was distributed, we all seem to... Okay. You know what? I don't like Gilney. He's a bollocks, but I'll buy a ticket to his play because I'm a playwright. <laughs> you know what? I don't like you because you're a prick, but you know what? You came to see my play, so I'll buy a ticket for your yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. In that sense, yeah. you don't have to like each other. No, no, it's, it's not a, all kumbaya. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like... But it's having a respect for the craft. For the craft. And yeah. that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Robbie's film, The Letters, if all these filmmakers who want to be filmmakers came out and saw his film, that would have made a massive difference. Of course it would have, yeah, yeah. yeah. Graham at Movies at amazing genius of a guy. He was like if you're studying film and you don't buy a ticket to your local cinema every week, who are you? Yeah. And it meant if you don't have pay for Netflix or 
a yeah. streaming platform. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think your industry is going to go 100%. if you're not? Supporting? It's the same as people who are journalists buy a paper. Oh, do you yeah, know what I mean? see, yeah, yeah. I'm weird. Sunday papers is my thing. I love yeah. coffee every morning. Yeah, uh, I have a. Uh, I go for my local coffee every morning Very and nice. I love my ritual and my little walk and uh, <laughs> listening to people. But yeah. loneliness is the biggest killer. So I wrote this short film called One for the Ditch and it was mm-hmm. inspired by the people in my coffee shop who weren't there. And it wasn't because it wasn't to do alcohol or having a local point. It was loneliness is a huge killer. That's why I love to talk. I talk to people. Yeah, me too. I just can't shut up talking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it, like you said at the beginning, we, we've we never met each other, we don't know each other from Adam, but I just think there's a naturalness to yeah, yeah. something that's unscripted. Yeah, yeah. oh, look. You know, and, and it, it, when someone says unscripted, you sort of go, you said it to me before, and I said, yeah. I actually feel uncomfortable saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like it's scripted by saying unscripted. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done, I've been on every radio show and let's say late night show in this country, and yeah. it was one in, only ever one in few, and it was with News Talk. And yeah. the person in front of him was reading the paper or whatever. And the questions he was asking me, he wasn't bothered and I wasn't bothered there. Yeah. So I said to myself, if I ever felt like that, I'd just walk out. Yeah. No yeah, matter yeah. if it was live TV or radio. Yeah. And it was the, one of the worst interviews I've ever done. And I, I don't know why I'm saying that. It was because y- you can feel it, right? Like this is, I've never met you before. Do you get me? And it's yeah, a natural yeah. flow yeah, of yeah. conversation because we're both interested in the creative process. Yeah. But like that, y- you can meet other people that just don't. But I would say 99% of everything has been enjoyable. It's been a process. Yeah. Yeah. Some good more mm. than others. But it was only one every interview that he didn't want me to be there. Yeah. I didn't, didn't want to be, be there. there. The producer got yeah. me in. Yeah. And he was so obvious that he didn't want me to be there. So I was like, well, if you're not going to give me that, but I shouldn't have. I should have gone over. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Immaturity, yeah. I should have gone over yeah. the top with enthusiasm. Yeah. But I didn't. I went. Yeah. Uh, screw you so I get you I've another I've an idea for a show I won't write it but it's just put it out there you could do a a podcast on stage Robbie sorry I've moved on from the idea we can do a gotta make you a star kid I gotta make you a star we do a podcast on stage and um, every night it's uh, a different person and different topic so you're not getting the same play two days in a row and whatever happens happens Yeah, I'll see you there there you go done well, you have to be. You're re, with me. Re my agent, yeah, back right out of the podcast. <laughs> ding, ding. So Round one. Go I, on, I have sorry. a question. Just sorry, so, so like we're kind of coming towards the end. Yeah, are we? we? This is that's been like the quickest hour ever. But is that way. an hour? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I know, right? Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what did you put in my coffee? I know, right? <laughs> Speaking of coffee, I have a bag of coffee for you today. Yes, yeah, yeah, for that. sure. Yeah. When you're when you're not David Gillen, the playwright, the actor, the deep thinker, the spiritual guru, all of these things. What do you like? I mean, do you still do any taekwondo? Are you a soccer fan? Do you like going oh, for a point? Le- so, love a point. Yeah. Um, gave up to taekwondo, gave sure. up to boxing. Yeah, the lads yeah, in the yeah. club stabbed me for my nedzer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gave up going to the gym. I walk every day. Cool. I love a point. Love sports. Yeah. Still massive fan of the boxing. Yeah, yeah. Still, I'm a Liverpool fan and for my sins. Good Shamrock. man, me too. It's going yeah. well though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for my sins because my father was from that area, yeah, yeah. Shamrock Rovers, before they oh, moved yeah, to Tala. Oh yeah, before they moved to Tala. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, no, uh, sport, I love sport. Yeah. Have you think about what I'm very a proud Republican so anyone who represents us on any sport whether yeah. it be ping pong snooker uh, badminton yeah. I'm so proud of people who put on the green so for sure. sport for me is a great and would you believe don't really like going to plays because I get too critical yeah, yeah, my yeah. only happy place is the pub uh, coffee and the third is when I go to the cinema it's the only place that my mind two places the cinema and when I go near the sea, yeah. if I walk out by Dunabay Port yeah, Tran yeah. along there and I go to the cinema and I switch off, yeah. 
because it's like the ritual I say is I get my coffee in the morning, go for my walk, then I start writing. Yeah. When and I think it's important to be I am the same person as a, when you're on stage you're you're larger than life. But of course. I'm a fellow from Swords, I love the arts and I want to keep on doing this until the yes. day I die. And without people, I don't get inspired. And without punters who buy tickets, I don't have a career. Yeah. And you've got to match all of those in things in together. And, and it's all your energy, really. Like, even yeah. get back to what you were saying about when you were in New York and, you know, the way you were almost networking with people, but letting them understand who you were as a person, yeah. as opposed to bullshitting. Like, you're not blowing yeah. smoke up there, actually. Like, here's the way it is. Come see the show. Why LA did so well for me was because I went there, as I said, for the holiday. The anxiety mm. kicked in because I had nothing to do. And then because I didn't need that, I was confident of my show and the deal I'd signed. I didn't need that enough anybody. Yeah. And then they're like, this guy doesn't want to talk to us. And then all these meetings started to happen organically. If I would have went there 10, 15 years ago, I would have, I would have died at that. If I would have went before the pandemic and did that show in 2020, yeah. I ripped up the show, by the way, the original script. Right. Really? Rewrote it, I rewrote it at Christmas. My writing partner, Frank Allen, uh, big up Frank, he's from Drimna. He wrote a great play about Shamrock Rovers. I think he's our greatest living <laughs> playwright. But mm. Frank, who founded the Moore Street campaign, Hands yeah. Around Moore Street, I would go to his front living room in Drimna every Wednesday and do the show in front of him Yeah. to, to get it ready. In yeah. my hotel room and the staff at the Fitzpatrick Hotel in New York, I performed my show for. Right. So I still had to rehearse every day yeah, yeah. for people like Frank and people like the hotel bar before I did it to a sold out audience because we weren't even open there. Yeah. But mm. I still had to put the work in, even yeah. if it was holding a brush. Hell. Yeah. Or holding, you know what I mean, the deodorant cap, excuse me, in Frank's living room. Yeah, yeah. But I was just laughing at the madness of it all. Yeah. The, but that's where the creativity where, is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. It's not all glossy and fucking candy floss. No. No, was, yeah, you know Frank's I mean? sitting there with all his betting slips from Paddy Power. Yeah, and yeah, me yeah, sitting in front of the fire, yeah, yeah. doing me lines. Do that again. Like, so there was a moment Frank said to me, this is your life, this is your story, this is your podcast, this is my pen. It's your story, so if you forget yourself, Take a moment and go. So there was a moment in the show, I said this line, uh, you know, uh, my own burning flesh, and some fellow just started laughing in the front row. I thought it was the funniest thing. And the audience just started looking at this guy laughing at the most kind of surreal moment of the show. Yeah. And then I said, oh, you must be a vegan. And then the whole place <laughs> laughed. And it was just this whole... Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were able to feed off enjoy, as opposed to enjoy, enjoy that moment. and uh, That's amazing. Yeah. There's that. But... I was laughing because you do have to be slightly crazy. If I would have told the venue and the festival that I was rehearsing in a room and dreaming it with Frank, who's a retired and amazing writer in his living room there, he's having a cup of coffee and we're setting out what bets we're going to have in the horse racing. I just say you'd have to think that it was slightly insane. But these are the steps that you have to make. It's it. probably even a sketch in that though. To be yeah, fair. yeah, no. There is, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's when you're talking about the arts as well. Um, I... I, I'm at an age where I, I probably wouldn't go back to the arts yeah. um, kids are still young but that draw is always there no wait can I say something it is think about this in the next 10 years 10 years time a part is going to come up for you that's just going to be perfect for you yeah. because you're going to meet through this podcast you're going to meet loads of people yeah. and then someone yeah. one day is going to go even me or Robbie or whoever is going to go Jesus I've got this fit and acting you have to understand that the person has the talent mm. that you're going to deliver the lines and that's what I like about Robbie is that if you deliver the lines we, it's not going to, we can get on with the show yeah. so if someone says you know what Pierce actually I've got the perfect part here's 10 lines and under there you go boom and if more people give more actors 10 lines and unders in their feature films or television shows their plays 
will get elevated like they did with Harris and O'Toole and all those guys in the yeah. 60s and 70s because yeah. they actually all supported each other. Yeah, and yeah. they would all walk on their friends' film sets and say, Oi, give Pierce five lines. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? Your new campaign? Yeah, I want you to, I want Stephen to present this new show of mine. It's going to be. The whole point is that you just have to give people this opportunity. So as you grow, hmm. if you. If you look at some of the greatest comedians in America, what they do is they do that. They provide a platform for, for each other. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, that's what I found difficult when um, I was chatting with Kathleen. I spoke to her uh, on social media and I remember my class, um, me and Lynn Rafferty were in the same oh, Lynn, yeah. class together. And I was like, to this day, I still don't know how I did that show on stage. I don't know how I remember the lines yeah, yeah. to this day. Yeah, yeah. Rehearsing, I was dropping lines all yeah, over the place. Yeah. But just on that stage, I didn't drop any lines at all you, you almost get into the feeling and that it that emotion takes over doesn't it yeah and almost starts delivering because my not my uncle my great uncle was a guy called barry keegan and he wore which is weird because my mum's surname is barry my surname's keegan but anyway um but he worked in one of the theaters and he was one of ireland's um forced exports if that makes sense well yeah i didn't realize this until my dad had mentioned him and then I looked him up and he was on IMDB and stuff like that. Wow. Weird shit. But he was a proper uh, screen, he was a proper theatre actor and yeah. they even had a huge procession when he died like yeah. down, by, down by the theatre on the streets of Dublin. Like, because that was my family's back. They were quite wealthy and then alcohol got into the family and fucked it up. But they, family they, secrets, trust me. Yeah, yeah they, they, it was unreal. They were trained actors from young very young they, yeah. their home was Herbert Lodge and Herbert Park oh yeah so I've tried to follow most of it and I can't um, and that's why I would love the opportunity at some stage just to go do you know what I wouldn't even, even do enough for a bit of crack yeah because the, yeah, the buzz you get from it's no, unreal isn't it just I say to people it's with you for life that's mm. the greatest gift I'm saying to you is that if I said to you if you got one role a year every, for the last 10 years for the next 10 years that's 10 roles yeah. and then you look at your IMDb and you go wow I'm very I've got, proud yeah I've got 10 and things yeah, if yeah. Robbie said that to you he will and if I come up with something I'll say yeah if it, if it fits the part that's what you do it's, I need an agent what? I'll put I you to an agent <laughs> no but I love like what are you working on anything I know you've got you're going to be doing your tour of the States before we wrap up are you working on anything completely if you have if you had the opportunity to do anything that's completely fucking far left but with almost, you know, with a big budget, what would you do? Um, great question. Um, torn between two, right? My goal, two goals right now. My own debut feature film, but my own Broadway production. Yeah. And they're both on a par because they're both two incredible uh, experiences and yeah. buzzes. So for me... A screenplay by me. I will have a film in cinemas in the next three years, and yeah. I will have a play off Broadway this year. But Broadway, and to go into my local cinema and to yeah, see my name as a screenwriter, yeah. they are the two things because money is not an object, as you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would be the two things that I would say yes. Because when you get to that point, when I was in America, artists wanted to meet me because as a writer, you can give them work. Yeah. I don't think they do the same over here. So if we, mm. there's so much talent that if we, even you just dropped the name like Lynn Rafferty, she's killing at the moment. And yeah, the yeah. fact that you were in her same class and if I love PR and I love to market shows because I've done them all my life, you were in the, the grounding with her. That's even a win right there for yeah. me. 
because I love the tagline and stuff like that. That's how my brain works. But yeah, yeah that would be there. The three in, in three years time. That's what I want. It's my own feature film as a screenwriter. And my uh, it's going to go off Broadway, but I'm pushing the O'Reilly play who had a place in Herbert Park, by the way. Yeah, yeah that got bulldozed. Know, down yeah, there. that's yeah. right. Yeah. So I'm. Thanks, Leo. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm very close to saying that I think my unsung hero will rival Michael Collins because I think it's the greatest untold love story about people who had wealth. His wife was six months pregnant at the time when he said goodbye to her and he kissed her and he went to the GPO. Yeah. He knew he was going to die. He led 12 men down a rush off Moore Street knowing he was going to die. He was shot 10 times. They let him bleed out in the street for 27 hours and when he was dying, he wrote a love letter to his wife and then a cleaner robbed that letter from the barracks to give to his wife. But she knew he was dead when he died because she was only in Bosbridge. He was in the GPO. So that's the story I want to tell on Broadway. And that's the story I want to tell in uh, film. Because if you look at it like this, yeah. what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, and that's why I'm so passionate about 1916, because these were teachers, poets, barbers, you know what I mean? These were news agents. These were people who died for the, a vision for us to do what we're doing mm. right now and to live in this beautiful country. And that's, this, that's the unsung heroes, what I call it. But it's to honour the people of 1916, to a love story between Nanny Brown, who was the vice president of the Coming Amon, and Michael Joseph O'Reilly, who was the co-founder of the Irish Volunteers. That's my goal. Feature film, Broadway, bang. And, and right in the middle. And a part for you as a, well, a volunteer. Well, I can get you back. Two lines, there you I, go. I get your backstory. Yeah. My, my great uncle Mickey, my dad's uncle, yeah. um, the, the big house up on Black Horse Avenue. Yeah. I have the photos. Mickey was a gun runner. And my great auntie Mona was friends with Kitty Kiernan. Wow. And the great gun run on the hold and still connect because yeah. Mike was involved. So the yeah, so he, he, we, he, he, while the photos, and I think my dad got his hands on, I'm almost sure I double checked my dad's so secretive, but I think he got, he, he did like, yeah, yeah. I think he got his hands on one of the letters. Very good. Because my great auntie Mona was friends with um, uh, Kitty Kiernan, I think. Wow. Well. Just before we wrap yeah. up, David, where can people get in touch? You know, where can they oh, check you yeah, out? Yeah, uh, David, David Gilner.ie. Irish playwright on Twitter, Irish playwright on Instagram, Insta. David Gillen on Facebook, or send me a pigeon. Yeah, smoke signals. Smoke signals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't do mobiles. I don't, I don't do mobiles. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some people on that have had the energy to really just suck us in, and we don't yeah. get to talk much, no, which I'm delighted. I'm, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, because you're always carrying me on, carrying yeah, yeah. you, and. Yeah. Our guests have been amazing. You're not heavier than me, brother. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, but the energy that you've given, David. Yeah, for sure. Like, it, it does just genuinely fucking ooze from you. Yeah. Um, uh, and I mean that in a very positive, humble way. I've been absolutely enthralled listening no, to you. Yeah. Today was, I get a kick out of this. When you meet two new people you never met before, yeah. Yeah. I know this won't be the first time that we'll have you know that straight yeah, away. Yeah, you yeah. do. I when you that. do a show, nice to meet you. I'm never going to work with you again. Yeah, Whatever yeah, it is. But this, you. I know yeah. I'll see you guys yeah, again. And, sure, that's, and that's where any artist listening right now, if you feel there's a creative spark or flow, own that shit. Because if you don't own that shit, you won't go anywhere. But with this, yeah, I could, I'm very happy to talk about this and what you've created because I've had a blast. And yeah. if I didn't have the blast, I'd be like, ah, oh, nice lads. Yeah, but yeah, I'd be like, ah, oh, no, it was a great buzz because yeah, it was yeah. a great buzz. There's the difference between... Yeah, we, we're really enjoying it. Yeah, we it's are, good yeah, fun. For sure. But we're meeting some of the most... Amazing people, yeah. Amazing people. Energetic, like... Truthfully, like, yeah, 
I, I, I remember reaching out to you, and I keep it, I'm sorry, I know you got to go soon, but I remember reaching out to you, and I could get it from the messages back and forth. But I have to ask you, you don't say thanks a million, say thanks a thanks thousand. Thanks a thousand, yeah. Why is that? Uh, it's just another one I've got these weird sayings thanks a thousand this is my thing you know me nerve it but it stands parish. out yeah, yeah it's, it's just, almost like you feel you mean it yeah I mean, they yeah. do yeah yeah because you have to be who you are and yeah, yeah. what you say do you get me yeah. Yeah. so like that's that's who I am and so it, I do watch yeah <laughs> thanks a thousand <laughs> and with that on episode 19 yeah David Gilner, thank you so fucking much. Cheers, Thanks, a Thanks a thousand. Thanks a thousand. Up the yeah, up Take care. Bye-bye. Up the podcast. Between Cuts with Stephen and Pierce.